Hey friends, thank you so much for the last two years of support of Digging for Bones. You know, now I do have a partnership with Mr. S Leather and one of the ways that you can support the show is to head over to my website, diggingforbones.com and order any of your gear through the link to Mr. S Leather right from my website. Uh, I also have another partnership with friend Dorothy where you can get 10% off. All of the information is on my website. I'm never going to put this podcast behind a paywall. I know that's a trend that people are doing right now. I want to keep it free. So you can support by just going and doing the regular shopping you're already doing right on my website. Cheers. Hey friends, welcome to Digging for Bones. With me today, I have a special guest, another one from down under. This is Sam. Sam, welcome to the show. Thanks for uh, being on. Thanks for having me. Very happy yeah. to be here. Yeah, thanks. So you've made quite the name for yourself. Uh, can you can you share a little bit about who you are for those who don't know you? Well, for those who don't know me, I'm Sam Brownell. I'm an Aussie, born and bred. I've got a little uh, couple of friends from down under that you might have seen, and we get up to a bit of no good and try to share as much of that no good as possible. Um, so, yeah, like, um, what else is there to say, really? <laughs> well, we appreciate all the sharing. Um, well, cool. Sam and I met on the cruise, uh, like a lot of the guests I have on the show. I'm yeah. sure everyone's like, God, will you stop talking about it at this point? But you know what? It was it was a good time, and I met a lot of good I people. I never shut <laughs> up about it. I, I, I rant and rave about it. And people were like, nah, can't be that good. But like, and I'll do it again right now. It is that good. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was good. I know. I'm like, they need to pay me at this point. Um, <laughs> uh, well, you you know what, I'll just dive into it. Uh, so you, you've had quite the successful year being, I would say, an influencer and a content creator. Um, what motivated you to, to start doing uh, adult content creation? Uh, it's a bit of an interesting one. Um, like, I guess it was a mix of things. Um, probably the primary thing was actually COVID, um, we, like many people, kind of felt like a pinch and like had all this spare time. And I guess some of our friends were doing it and were saying things online about it. And I think generally it was becoming a bit more acceptable in in some people's eyes, especially in the gay community. It was like, oh, who doesn't have an OnlyFans or not now? Um, but yeah, so we, we started it then um, just as a bit of fun. Um, we kind of did our own recordings a little bit prior to that. Um, but yeah, it just, it just evolved from there. Uh, we had so much spare time during COVID. It was actually like, um, I don't know if you know about COVID in Australia, but it was pretty strict here. Um, we had pretty stringent lockdowns, so we had a lot of spare time, a lot of time in the house. And, you know, if you're alone with another gay man in the house, what do you fucking do? <laughs> be <you> fuck. <laughs> um, yeah, so we, we, um, we did that as well, and, and the other thing that we, we noticed that kind of led to us doing it was um, we kept getting our photos, like, stolen online. Like, the nature of the apps is that when you're putting those kind of images up, like, people will screenshot them, take them, and just put them anywhere. Like, you know, that nature of the internet or not. Um, but we kind of, like, the, the tipping point was actually a, a kind of a funny story. Um, 
we we were out uh, traveling in Wollongong, Kobe and I, and um, there's a, a particular spot, uh, a nude like a nude beach area that's got like a gay section in Wollongong. We love going. Beautiful beaches. Would recommend to anyone thinking about traveling to Australia. It's a beautiful place. Um, but we were getting up to a bit of no good uh, in the bushes, uh, as you do when you're at a, at a beach like that. Um, and it just so turns out that unbeknownst to us, we were filmed in that act um, from a few, like a hundred meters away or so. Um, we found that out by virtue of a screenshot that was sent to us on the app of the video later that night. And Kobe and I were like, oh, that's a bit weird, but whatever. Um, looks like a hot video. Can we get the video? And the, the bloke was like, oh, no, nah, my mate just sent me the screenshot and he won't send the video. <laughs> Which I think, personally, is exceptionally rude. <laughs> if you're going to take a video of people, you could, at the very bare minimum, send it to them if they request it. Not that I condone uh, non-consensual filming of people, but... Um, yeah, so that was kind of like the last tipping point. Um, we're just like, you know what? We'll just make our own stuff if people aren't going to give us the stuff they're making of us. So, yeah. That's that's great. I just experienced that myself. I was at Dory Alley in San Francisco a couple weeks ago. Um, I was having a hot scene with someone and they were up against a wall and I was facing the wall. So I, I turned around and there was there was a good like 30, 40 people. Um, <laughs> and they respectfully gave us enough space that I didn't know they were there um, until yeah. we were done. But when I turned around, there was a lot of cameras and uh, yeah. it was, uh, you know, partially violating, but also I know where I'm at. Um, but at the same time, I was like, can I can I get a copy of this video? Like, is anybody yeah. going to send it to me? And like, no, everyone scattered like cockroaches when you turn on the light. I was like, I'm fine. But like, <laughs> <send it to me." laughs> yeah, so, I want to enjoy as an audience member as well, please. Thank you. <laughs> right. So uh, those of you who go to Dory and Folsom, like just ask. It is not that hard to ask, but at least send it to them. Gosh, um, thanks for sharing that story. That's 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 great. Um, so being in the, the adult film content cre uh, creator industry, it could be, I'm assuming, pretty rewarding at times and challenging. What's what's kind of a standout memorable experience since you started this career path? Um, well, there's been so many, uh, but one particular one particular experience does come to mind. Um, so I think it was a year ago or so now, um, we did our first like a uh, big international trip as part of um, the content creation business. Uh, so we went to the UK and at that point, um, like I hadn't worked with like any major names. Um, a lot of the stuff we were doing in Australia was with our other friends who were kind of, you know, on the same level as us, which like, you know, I love. But um, yeah, so at that point I hadn't really worked um, the only people I'd worked with were kind of my friends uh, who were at a similar level to us had kind of been established the same amount of time. Um, so when we went to the UK, I think it was like the first or second night, but definitely the first big like collaboration that I did. Um, we actually met uh, uh, PJ Knox or Paul McNulty as he's known on Instagram. And he's someone that I like, we hadn't 
planned um, kind of to shoot with at the time. Like, because we're, we're planners, we plan these things weeks, months in advance. And it just so happened that um, someone else we had planned to meet with was unable to make it. So we were really lucky in being able to meet Paul. Um, and that was the first time I kind of was like, oh, this is real. This is happening. I'm like now working with these people who I've like seen online for months or years and known of for so long and um, kind of felt a little starstruck. They're like, oh, this is really happening. This is amazing. This is great. Um, and there's like uh, in the video that we took uh in our collaboration there's certain photos and i just have such clear memories and i can tell you it's like one of the most genuine smiles on my faces in some of these photos that i've ever had because i'm just like wow this is really happening this is amazing um so yeah that and that definitely um was an indication of how that that trip continued to go that was a really fantastic trip and we had um some really great collaborations and met some um really good people who we continue to talk with today um so yeah definitely looking forward to going back to that but i think that was definitely the first like big crazy experience that i had where i was like wow this is this is really happening and this is real <laughs> and yeah a bit surreal but but great at the same time I love that. I can relate to that. That's how it was when I met all of you for the first time. Andy had to pull, <laughs> Andy had to pull me outside and give me a little pep talk. <laughs> it was interesting though, because I like I I never put two and two together. I was meeting all of you, and I was kind of already I already just bumped into a lot of you online, um, and so I'll never forget walking into that house and just being like, whoa. <laughs> and then the next yeah, we were though, reflecting like, on that. We were reflecting on that the other day, thinking, like, how did that, like, house party kind of happen? And it was just, like, a bit of an assortment of people. And, yeah, like, I, once again, a very good indication of how the rest of the trip went. It was, it was fun. So many fun people. <laughs> it was great. I, yeah, and next thing you know, not a collab, but I, one of my favorite, actually, I would say this is, like, my top three favorite moments on the boat is, I don't know if you remember or not, but we were dancing. And... Uh, we just went into this like little cartoony world, you and I, for just like it was like a solid like two or three minutes, yeah. And it wasn't it wasn't sec- I was it was so silly. It, it was just uh, like I, I remember very well, and that is that is definitely one of the memories that I reference when I talk about it. Um, I I'm I'm right there with you. I remember it exactly. <laughs> it was just it was good good silly. Um, so yeah, no, huge- it was great. <laughs> platforms like OnlyFans and Instagram and TikTok. Uh, how, how do you navigate the pressures of being in the public eye? Does that ever get to you at times? Um, look, I think generally it generally is pretty good. Like we're, we're pretty good at compartmentalization in, in that sense. Um, I think, I, I think the, the, the fun bit is, well, the final challenging bit is not losing yourself in it um, and making sure that, you know, the person that you portray does actually represent who you are. Um, I think that's probably the most challenging thing, not to lose yourself too much in, in the idea of what you're trying to present. Um, and I think you'll, you'll meet some people who perhaps have 
have looked too deep into your portrayal and they think more of than what you are and then you meet and it's kind of like they have to reconcile the the difference between those two things and it's always a good interesting experience um like i think part of it is like you know many people think we have a super decadent like lavish lifestyle which is not not like i think we're very lucky to be able to do what we do and get where we go um however like there is this whole other part of us that is you know a bit more boring and a bit more grounded uh, is a better way to say it um but i think i think that's probably the most challenging thing obviously i guess there is always the aspect of like people um projecting their ideas on onto you and what they think of who you are and that's what i mean like when um, sometimes you'll meet someone who has this idea of who you are and what your personality is that they projected onto you or that, you know, you you might be projecting that and they've misinterpreted it. Um, I think that's challenging when it's like, oh, you're not, you know, in person, you're not arrogant. And it's like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to come off as arrogant. That's <laughs> not my intention at all. Um, and yeah, I, I guess I get a, a little taken aback when that happens and like, oh, okay, I just need to like, you know, have some uh, introspection, if you will, to, to make sure that I am uh, conscious of how I'm presenting and how others perceive me. I think it's a constant, like, a constant battle, if you wish, to make sure that you're um, closely aligned to who you're presenting to be uh, online. And I think that's, I think that's a challenge. I, I definitely know that there's people who lose themselves if you will, and then forget who they were and become this, like, online personality, if you will. Um, but Get lost in the the enhancement. Because, like, I was talking mm. to Kobe about it, is, like, there's a little bit of fantasy that you're creating. Like, that's part of it. Um, but I can totally see where you get don't get lost. You don't want to get lost in that because it's not real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, like, I think there's, like, I think a lot of social media... Um, is you know projecting fantasy and like no one you don't you don't know many accounts that are like taking i've been there i'm great office every day seven days a week whatever that are like super popular because it's just like it's it's not that interesting unfortunately um even though that's the reality for i think um you have to be fantastic um in a sense to kind of be successful if you will on social media depending on what your idea of success is in a world of adult entertainment social media trends demand is changing rapidly how do you stay ahead of the curve and trendy does it all just come from a place of art and self-expression that you want to do or do you do some homework to find out what's trending so Kobe is definitely the business driver in this sense in terms of how we innovate if you will um I think we're constantly trying to avoid stagnation uh, and, you know, that presents itself in, in different forms. Like, we've just started our new series in our, in our new car, the Ranger. Um, but to try and, you know, change it up a bit, it's always something that we wanted to do, but now we're actually doing it. It does vary things up. Um, I think I think, like, for us... Yeah, to stay ahead of the curve, we're always trying something new, we're always trying something, some new piece of equipment, 
some like new editing things, some new, um, you know, some new setting. We're always looking for new settings. We love the outdoors. If people couldn't tell from, <laughs> from our stuff, um, we try to like find, you know, the most scenic nature things, try to do new shots. Something that I wanted to do for a while is insert some like really corny narrative um, pieces, might do like some connecting scenes or a narrative, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's it is a constant thing that we're always trying to yeah to avoid stagnation and stay ahead of the curve. Um, because I am very conscious that you know there are people who will shoot you know the same thing in the same room at the same angles with this, like different people. Granted, um, and like that works for them, but like for me, I just don't. Over time, I think I I find it less interesting. So I want to create things that are. I would find interesting and for me that is you know outdoors different scenes different settings different environments how we got to the narrative stuff but I also find that very interesting to a point I'm not going to be like the next Shakespeare but you know just just something to, to spice it up you know um I love a good narrative yeah, I think we <laughs> yeah 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 and it, it, like I'm not I'm not the creative part but like Kobe definitely is um and like we try to reinvest a lot into like our production we you know try to think that we have a pretty high production in our in our things um and yeah we're always getting new equipment new things we're, we're looking at getting a, a drone at some point to do some establishing scenic shots um yeah that's that's on the horizon that when you see some drone shots you know it's you know it's finally come to fruition that that fantasy um yeah so yes just changing stuff up like that just inserting you know some scenes that you don't always see just to make things a bit bit interesting yeah absolutely uh i know so you like video games and red dead redemption is uh one of your favorites it's one of my favorites too uh do you think that that uh influences your style at all (laughs) oh look um Perhaps, perhaps not. I like I, in the sense that I really love the great outdoors, um, and I love Red Dead Redemption for that, like horseback riding and it's like all macho kind of thing. Um, I guess it would, it would. I, I would say it aligns with the way my production and my content is uh, presented more so than like it being a, a direct influence. Um, I'd say I'm, I'm definitely interested in, in that because that's my style. Like, I like the, you know, macho, western, gruff, nature-y, outdoor, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I, I would say it aligns more than, than it influences. I haven't I haven't thought about doing, like, a Red Dead-inspired porno, but, you know, that's an idea. That's exactly there what you I was going with that. <laughs> I, I haven't... I didn't... I, didn't even occur to me and see this is why i need like the creative ideas thank you taco um this is this is this is where it comes from um that could be interesting we have actually um done photo shoots at a horse ranch before um we weren't allowed to touch the horses because they were very it was like a, a breeding ranch so they were very expensive horses and it's like that's because i don't want to touch them anyway so <laughs> i don't want to ruin the property um but no, that's definitely something that we could could um, investigate doing. I think that would be interesting. I'd watch that. 
there's another narrative hidden in there too where you could like be the horse at the breeding ranch oh <laughs> true true that's true yeah well they've got the whole setup for it there's actually a um a beat around here called um horseshoe bend and it has like stables in there um and let's just say it's it's a nice setting it's a nice setting for, for such things that sounds I'll, I'll, make, I'll make up a, a park closed sign and put it on the front gate <laughs> and then, then we could explore this red dead redemption narrative um so you've moved from a couple different places in australia uh what what's the move been like for you oh yeah look it's um I think always with moving, it's it's a bit challenging with a different kind of setting. Honestly, the biggest change for me has been the weather. Um, being being born a Queenslander, um, I don't I don't know how I would express this in say like American geography, but um, Queensland is damn hot. It's like subtropical, um, so quite warm. Maybe like Florida, I would say a bit hotter than Florida. A bit more. I don't know. Anyway. Um, the weather is definitely the challenging bit. Um, I think the good thing is it's better socially, obviously. Uh, we've kind of gone from bigger towns to now the biggest city in Australia, which is which is definitely nice on the social front. Um, like where we moved from, from Canberra, it's quite, um, I would describe it as being a little desolate uh, <laughs> in terms of social social community aspect uh like for instance there's like not even there's not a gay club there um despite it being quite a large-ish town it's like 400,000 people um and there's not like a, a gay club or a gay whatever um so yeah that that was that was um definitely a relief moving to melbourne where there there's a number of um gay venues and places where you feel like you know you're surrounded you can go and feel like you're being surrounded by community um that's been nice but uh, yeah it's cold cold here very cold i don't like the cold but i moved to a cold city so you know what i do to myself we think of when we think australia it's just it's interesting because like in the states each state has like its own stereotype but like that entire fucking continent has a stereotype (laughs) yeah it's kind of it's kind of a free-for-all like in queensland you get like it's more like a a wet and a dry season and the wet season is just like thunderstorms and like beautiful days otherwise there's not really a an in-between and it's just hot like then it's just dry and dry heat there isn't really a winter per se um and then canberra canberra has like four seasons which is actually kind of unusual in queensland there's not really four seasons and it's just like really cold like into like negative 11 oh, 11 degrees celsius don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. but like below freezing a little bit below freezing which is yeah um unusual for australian cities mostly um but yeah you know i will deal with the weather in order to be closer to like community and closer to like the the events that we have here um 
and just being uh, like not having to drive three hours to to Sydney to go to a gay party or go to some gay event or go to Mardi Gras or any of those things. It's it's nice actually, you know, being able to like do a twenty minute drive and we're there. Like um, that's definitely something that I didn't have in Canberra. And yeah. So tell me about World Pride. What was that like? Oh, <laughs> well, well, God, World Pride. Seems like forever ago, but it really wasn't. Um, World Pride was a lot of fun. It's it's probably like it's the biggest LGBTQIA plus event that's been held in Australia. I think even maybe the southern the southern hemisphere. Um, and it was also a week after I got back from the US and off the Atlantis cruise. So we kind of backed it up in a way. Um, and I was a little unwell after the Atlantis cruise. So um, luckily we had that week gap where I didn't have any work and could just like sit and recover from all the terrible things I did to my body over that, that trip. Um but yeah, then we went straight into World Pride and they had some amazing events there. Um, you know, we were able to actually link up with people that we had met in LA and the States more broadly, like three weeks prior. So that was really interesting, like having gone to LA, uh, met these people in LA, and then three weeks later, they're in Sydney, Australia, and we're hanging out with them again. Like that's kind of, I think, a very for me at least unusual experience where you get to like meet these people who are halfway across the world usually you see them again in like two years uh but in this case it was like three weeks um so that was really fun um for us usually with these events and like um going to like these big parties we're overseas we're the we're the foreigners um in a sense so it was it was different for us being the the locals and being able to show everyone around and actually being like the guides that was fun um got to meet like a whole heap of creators obviously um did some great content as well everybody was super busy which was great in a week like that um and yeah the the events that they put on were were really awesome um saw i think you know more artists perform live than I have at like any single music festival that's for sure over the week um yeah no it was really good uh the, the I think they, they had the domain dance party which was um curated by Dan Slater um the DJ and he was on the Atlantis cruise as well and he's actually an, an Aussie um but I had met him on the Atlantis cruise and then um he tried to get me to dance at the Domain Dance Party, um, do go-go dancing, and I was like, oh, I've already got a ticket. <laughs> Thanks anyway. And then I got to the Domain Dance Party, and the Domain is like this massive festival ground, and there was like a giant stage with like massive screens and all these amazing go-go's up on this giant stage, and I was like, thank god i said no <laughs> like amazing opportunity but i am like an average go-go dancer and like that is being generous so the thought of me being up on that stage i was like so relieved in that moment um just to be like okay that's good like i would feel so out of my depth <laughs> up there um but yeah it was good and i i actually saw him like i saw dan like 
a day or two after um, that event and it was super stressful for him but you know very rewarding and I really enjoyed it um, but yeah all the events were like that had a, had a really really good time and luckily for all the internationals the weather was beautiful um, and yeah from what I heard a lot of people had a really good time um, and it's always nice to have the 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 internationals come to us and experience the super long flight that we are constantly dealing with. Because um, I know I know the travel here can be a barrier. For us, it's like the only option. <laughs> we'll do anything to, to get off this continent, but um, including a 24-hour flight. So, yeah. That's insane. That's funny you mentioned Dan. I, I don't know if I told you this, but... <clears throat> I didn't really know who he was. I was, I'm pretty new to the scene, or at least I was when I got on the boat. And there was one night I met this cute boy and his boyfriend and they wanted to hang out. uh, The, the rule was we needed to eat dinner first because they hadn't eaten all day. So they're like, we're going to go eat. (laughs) And we, we sat down with this guy and like, we, we all sat there and talked for like an hour. I had no idea that I was sitting next to Dan Slater, just chatting it up like casually like just didn't just no idea what i was experiencing um (laughs) and it was it's just such a cool uh memory that i have because it was cool i later went up to him he was djing one of the shows and i had these uh uh lisa frank penis stickers that (laughs) i had made um for my outfit for that day and i i went and gave dan slater a lisa frank penis sticker um (laughs) And he showed me a picture of him in a pup hood. Um, <laughs> it's just this like cute little moment with him. He's such a nice guy. Um, yeah, he's lovely. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing your your real pride story. Um, so I know rugby and sports played a significant part of your life back in the day. Um, I wanted to ask though, these, especially rugby, these are pretty hyper masculine perceiving sports. How does that, how did that influence your perception of self and kind of how does that work its way into your, uh, your, your social media and content creation? Oh, look, um, I think it's, it's a pretty common, well, I, I, I think it's a pretty common experience to kind of idolize the, the rugby um, the rugby community in Australia, obviously, it's a really big, um, a really big sport here is the rugby as it is in the UK and, and, and other, other similar countries. Um, so it kind of started off like for me being like the logical, like, oh, you know, you're a kind of big dude. You should, you should do rugby. Like, that's just the thing you do. That's what, that's what big blokes do. Well, 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 um, but I guess the good thing about that was that once I got into it, it kind of gave me that, you know, sense of community and sense of belonging. And, you know, that's not something that I always had um, growing up because I was kind, kind of like, wasn't quite sure about, um, you know, my identity in that sense. So um, it was a bit of an awakening, I guess. Um, it, it caused a little stirring in myself. I would say that that made me realize a few things about myself. Um, and you know, I think in settings like that, where you're surrounded by like a big group and bunch of you know big dudes all hyped up on testosterone, like I kind of thought, well, oh, you know, this is just like a normal 
normal feeling to to have these kind of urges but no <laughs> not so not well not so so common rather <laughs> um, but yeah so i think it it definitely helped me figure out who i am uh in a sense and um i do think it, it does influence um, the way, you know, I project myself to what, what I show and like what I like as well. Obviously, I think um, your upbringing is very Im- important to your development and um, the influences that you have when you're young uh, really do shape who you are, um, whether they be positive or negative. Um, so it definitely had a very deep effect on me. <laughs> um, and that's yeah yeah um and hence why i'm i have a partner who looks like he's been like a linebacker his whole life like <laughs> um it, it's it's had a, a, a deep-rooted effect on me uh, for sure <laughs> i love it i know in the states we don't have a ton of rugby we have football or i don't know pigskin yeah. whatever everybody else calls it uh not soccer um and there was a video that went viral a long time ago of these rugby players. I think they were in the UK and they were just acting gay as fuck. Like they were just naked <laughs> all the time, drunk all the time, yeah. jerking each other off, but no homo, bro. And like, yeah. and it went, it was like, it was like a Dateline special. <laughs> and I remember when I was yeah. a little kid watching this and I was like, that's the hottest fucking thing I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> and it was like, I, I wasn't even into sports, but I wanted to be into rugby because like that, that yeah. looked fun, but probably for different, I probably would have got something different out of it than what they were. Well, I think, those- yeah, I think it's a very common, um, experience, especially in Australia where, you know, if you do have an awakening of sorts, um, especially of the homosexual kind, it's probably predicated on like being exposed to rugby. Um, you can't, you, you can't go wrong with like big built men like running at each other and grabbing each other in like little footy shorts. So there's, <laughs> it's really like if, if it's gonna happen, it's a great it's a great way to to draw it out for sure. <laughs> Love it. Um, so what's next for you? Where, where do you see yourself going? I know you have your, your, your professional business on the side and then content creation. Um, where do you see yourself in three years? Well, three years, usually we're like a year ahead, kind of, kind of couple. <laughs> like in, in the, in the very near future, we're going to Spain, um, and we're going to be, you know, shooting stuff over there. So that'll be fun. Um, it's got it's got a lot of uh a lot to live up to after my previous two international trips were which were really amazing i'm sure it will be fantastic and i've never been to spain um but yeah i've got i've got a high standard for these international trips now um so i I'm, i know i'll have fun uh regardless of what happens but i'm very excited uh for that um you know looking a bit further into the future we've got our beef dip uh, early next year so we'll be traveling through the states to mexico um early next year really excited for that um you know most people i speak to either do beef dip or uh atlantis so you know if they're any in any form comparable i'm gonna have an amazing time because once again just a plug for atlantis best time ever do it if you can no regrets 
we'll do it again. <laughs> um, and I hope I have a similar experience with Beefed It because um, I've heard really good things about it. Uh, hopefully, in a sense, it might be a little bit more relaxed of sorts. Like, hopefully, I don't like put my body through absolute hell like I did in Atlantis. But if I did, I wouldn't regret it and I'd do it again. <laughs> um, but yeah, looking like looking even further forward, I think um, we're kind of at like this point where we've moved again, and you know we've only been here for a few months, but just trying to like decide whether like we want to do this long term or like whether we want to move somewhere else. Like um, we're we're currently pining for warmer weather. We haven't had a summer in Melbourne yet. Um, so that, that's very likely to change. Um, but yeah, just seeing if we want to live here long-term, obviously we'll still, we'll, we'll always do the content creation thing until, you know, it stops making money basically and we stop having fun. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll continue doing our thing, continue trying new things. Um, you know, as long as it, as long as it, like I said, continues, um, allowing us to have these great opportunities to travel and to meet new people and to have fun while we're doing it. Um, I think we'll, we'll continue doing that. Um, might see a drone thing. <laughs> you know, some, some Maybe cool you'll start the next shot. category on uh, Pornhub. Yeah, we'll yeah, be a drop drone, down for yeah. drone porn. Yes. Uh, which I know is already idea. a thing, but it's not actual porn. Uh, right. Well, we can make it. We can make it actual porn. Like, it's going to happen. <laughs> Because you can I, get drones that like fix on a point and can like do patterns and like circle while looking at a fixed point. Like, I can think of some things that you know we could do with such camera moves. So, well, um, in the pre interview, you did say the best compliment you've ever gotten was your porn star dick. So, I think it would be pretty easy to have that drone fix it on something. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know whether it's that big, but like, it's <laughs> not so like see, see it from space, but like maybe see it from like, you know, 10 meters. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Um, yeah, but yeah, we'll just continue. Um, we'll continue doing our thing, continue like reinvesting into our stuff and upping our production quality. Um, and we're also kind of talking about um, throwing in a bit of like low production stuff. Like, we know. Not everyone loves, like, the kind of high production, like, glossy feel that some of our stuff has. So, that is something that is on the horizon that we're going to start doing more of. Um, just to, you know, just to mix it up. Like, we're always about mixing up and avoiding stagnation, as I said. Uh, so, I like both. So, yeah. I, li I like a good plot, and I am the kind of... Like, if I'm going to watch a production video, I need to know why they're fucking. Like, I still skip <laughs> through through the video, but if I don't know why in the context of how they got there, it's not as fun for me. I'm like, well, why are you fucking? Especially if there's <laughs> a very interesting setting. Like, if there's a very interesting setting, then there's going to be something. All of our narrative in that sense is non-verbal. Like, we mm. do, like, the, the scenes at the beats. Where it's like you know someone's walking in and they're sitting down and then it just like it's just like what it would be like at a beat basically um but yeah no if we if we do new narrative stuff i'm sure you'll see all about it because we'll we'll do a campaign for it <laughs> for sure um but yeah some of our like best stuff like or, or rather our most popular stuff has been kind of um like no cameraman like be just placing a photo on uh phone on the ground and recording what we're doing that kind of thing so um, and I love doing that. Uh, so 
yeah, we'll try to do more of that in the future, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, great. a lot of a lot of what what's happening now is just us settling, still kind of settling into Melbourne and seeing, you know, if we like it here over the next year or two and going from there. I just had the memory too, like we painted you up here as like this macho rugby player. Uh, and the best costume where I remember you having the most fun when you were on the cruise is, if I remember right, you were running around in a red and white cheerleader outfit, right? Oh God, I don't even know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. So, like, just so everyone knows, like, yes, we have Mr. Rugby over here, but also ran around the that boat in uh, a cheerleader outfit, having the time from, of his life. From memory, it was, it was a smile. red. It was a red socks. Um, so what? I think if I'm thinking of the right nut, I had like a red socks jersey on, like the baseball t-shirt. And I have no idea what else I was. <laughs> it was something like that. Um, but yeah, there was. Yeah, I do. I do remember that particular night. Yeah. Oh, that's a good time. How would that's you say time. travel has? You know, you're you're just so kind. I think you're one of the kindest people I've ever met, and you've that's gotten that's the chance true. to travel and see gay communities and meet all these people. Uh, how's travel impacting your identity and how you see yourself? obviously the world's a lot smaller yeah yeah no that and that is something that um as you become more connected um on social media uh and actually visit these places you realize how connected and small these communities are um like uh, a particular s- <laughs> so we we recently went to LA yeah, for the Pornhub Awards um, so that was back in I don't know a few months a few months ago like might, might have been March or April some, somewhere like that because um, Kobe got nominated for Top Daddy of the Year or something like that um, so we were in LA for a few days and the day before we left we um, got invited to some random pool parties with some friends that we had met off the cruise um, and we on the car ride into the hollywood hills to this you know place with a pool and and to this pool party we got told oh yeah the the party is for someone named sam um they're from sydney they're an aussie and uh i looked at kobe and i go i know a sam from sydney it's not me (laughs) Um, i'm like thinking oh i know a sam from sydney and that Sam from Sydney happens to be like my best friend's ex that I like know very, very well. I like, no. Chances of that astronomical, astronomical. Um, but we get to this pool party, rock up, and who is the, 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 this, the, the guy I was thinking of, um, Sam, who's a lovely guy. Um, but yeah, it just happens that we have this very extensive history um, together and I know him very well. And yeah, it was just funny because it was just such, such a coincidence that we happened to be going to this random pool party in LA at the same time. Um, yeah, and that, that really... Um, knocked into me the sense that like it's so small like the, the community is in a sense so so small um but yeah i i think the travel has really yeah made me feel a bit more connected um i think 
before we started traveling the idea of meeting these people kind of seemed surreal and like a, a little fantastic like it wouldn't perhaps ever happen and then after we've had these trips um and people have said oh you're the aussies and like they know us as well like that that really kind of like blew my mind um and i think it it, it makes it it makes it uh, a bit a bit easier to navigate the travel and navigate the online space because you kind of now have a grounding like before you travel you don't really have that grounding you kind of have that idea that oh you know these are just people online these are just you know virtual whatever typing on a keyboard but then once you actually travel and actually meet these people you're like oh like you know putting a face to a name and like actually seeing these people in real life i think gives you a better appreciation for like who you're interacting with online um and yeah everyone i swear like everyone is only like has one degree of separation from everyone else like everyone that you've ever spoken to will always be connected through someone else that you've spoken to there's only so many so many degrees of separation in the community um yeah yeah but um but it's been good it, yeah, I think it's a, a learning experience. <laughs> it definitely is. It's definitely opened me up in a lot of ways. Uh, well, <laughs> didn't mean it like that, but I guess that works too. Um, <laughs> uh, so I like to give a chance to. So if do you do you want to ask me any questions? Oh well, you said that you've been uh, full of events uh, since I last saw you. What was the highlight for you? Uh, right when I got back, the first one I did is I went down to San Francisco and I went to this, uh, event by Fog City Pack called Alpha. Um, and it was like, it was similar to the cruise, not quite that big. Um, but the same kind of naughtiness that can happen on a dance floor. I'd never seen that in the States before. And that was a place. Yeah. So I flew there for that and it was very pup centric. Um, and that was a really cool experience because San Francisco pups, even though that's like Mr. S and where a lot of that stuff comes from, the pups that I meet there are a little different. They're um, a lot more about their families and their packs and their friends. And there's yeah. the language and there's they're just a little different than the way other people express their pup play. Um, and it really resonated with me when I was there. And because I was already starting to feel kind of like some imposter syndrome. I'm like, well, I don't know if I'm feeling this the way I see other people feeling it. And I kind of have my own mm. spin on it. Um, and it was really affirming. Then I went to Dory Alley and uh, that was insane. That is like a miniature Folsom, but it's like heavily focused on kink. Um I saw men and women hanging from things, typed from things in the middle of the street in broad daylight with things being shoved in them and whipped in. Uh, it was glorious in all its form. Um, and it's great, too, because every time I, I I keep traveling back to San Francisco and you keep going back and back and back again, I'm going again in a couple of weeks. Um, and it's and I'm like really making friends there. And the cruise kind of taught me how to do that. It was like a good practice round of like yeah. how to meet people. Um, and so it's just been a really rewarding experience and also just really affirming of like, I'm a weird motherfucker and that's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, and it, and it's, it's great. And the history that's there, um, it's pretty great. Then we had Portland pride, um, 
which was fucking boring to me. I feel like I got <laughs> spoiled over the last year. And like, I, God bless, we try. But like, uh, I went to the our Pride event and I don't know, I was like, I remember dancing on the dance floor with my friends and I look around and everyone's like, we're having a great time. And I'm like, this is very vanilla. <laughs> I was like, this, this is what happens d- when you have these amazing experiences that just it sets the bar and then everything is a comparison. Which is right. a great thing. It's a great thing um, to have the privilege to have had these experiences where your bar is so high, but it's a blessing and a curse. Ignorance well, is the, bliss, as I say. Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> and everybody there is having a great time. And, like, I actually, my friend had hooked me up with a VIP ticket. Actually, a lover of mine, like, hooked me up with a VIP ticket. So I got to give away my ticket. And I'm, like, sitting up in the VIP area of this this club. And, like, it, they had a pizza. <laughs> they had pizza. And, like, I, I was just, like, thinking to myself. I was, like, what lesbian planned this? <laughs> <laughs> Because, like, all yeah, this of the food, no food. <laughs> or food, but like, this is not a bottom friendly menu. Um, no, no, <laughs> and then Dory was like, kind of like that too. I did learn a valuable lesson at Dory as well. That was uh, so, like, I did 12 circuit parties in eight days, and those were my first ever circuit parties. So, Dory was kind of like my next go around at that, where I was going to try and do circuit parties again. And I learned a valuable lesson when your room is not 10 minutes, five minute walk away at any given point. You can't sign up for everything. So, like, yes. I picked everything. I bought tickets to everything. I made it to, like, 40% of the things that I had bought tickets for. <laughs> um, one of the after parties was, at like, it started at 4 a.m. I did not make that one. Um, the I did find out there I, I do have a sneaker fetish and a sports gear fetish that I didn't know I had. I oh, really? my, <laughs> yeah, I tied my shoe... I was I met this man and we were having a really good experience and uh, we were at this this uh, party called Sneaks um, and and I, I I shoved my shoe in his face I asked him permission he said no um, and then I was like okay and I kind of like shied out a little bit I was like I've never done that before I've never asked anybody to do that before especially in like a big dance party yeah. and then he comes back up to me and he's like on second thought actually will you do that (laughs) and uh we had a a beautiful scene that involved uh sports shoes and sneakers in the middle of this dance floor and it was it was and now we're still talking um (laughs) and it's interesting this one this one's actually got me i'm like i keep i keep finding myself thinking about this guy and like all i don't know scent is powerful scent is a very powerful thing and i'm like okay like random boy at a dance floor that's still taking up space in my mind rent free um <laughs> but yeah it's been a and then the the leather competition was another one um i'm pretty proud of that was that was hard as much as it was little this year they're kind of in a rebuilding restructuring phase of their organization um and i was uncontested uh I don't wish being uncontested against anybody. Um, afterwards, the judges were telling me how, when you're uncontested in a, a competition like a pageant or something like that, uh, it's actually harder because you're mm-hmm. you're running against an idea. You're not running against another person. There's no one to compare you to. They have to right. compare you to this like concept of what yeah. this thing the is. Ideal. Yeah. And so you're being held up against something a little more difficult when you're just being compared to another person. Um, and so that was really challenging. Um, but it was a really good time. 
um yeah that, that's what i've been up to i got full sum i'm doing the cruise again i have major beef dip fomo uh <laughs> you got out of everything <laughs> i know i know well and because it's also new oh, they, they're the last on... year yeah right yeah well there are i think there are people who are doing both but there are. you know i learned my lesson last like this year like even a week between i was like oh can i do this i could do it um i just had to believe but no gap is kind of scary <laughs> like, yeah i i was telling kobe about this on our interview is like i actually have a friend that offered me beef dip to go to his condo after and he's going on the cruise too and i was like two-thirds of us were sick uh no i, I don't want to be sick at beef dip and i also yeah. have to remind myself is like this big new gay world that i've discovered in the last 14 months it's not going anywhere i don't need to do it all in 12 months um <laughs> that's correct that's correct <laughs> And definitely, like, maybe if maybe if it was beef dip first, then the Atlantis cruise. But, like, Atlantis, you know, I lost multiple kilos. And, you know, I feel like if you're going to go to beef dip, you and you want to aim for a beef physique and Atlantis first, and then beef dip does not promote that, I don't think. <laughs> but, you no. know, I'm sure, I'm sure I'll meet someone who's done it and, you know, my hat off to them, but... Ooh. Well, I, I always ask myself too. I look at some of these fuckers and I'm like, "Do you work?" What the fuck are you doing to be able to go to like all of these gamuts? It's like that's what I'm constantly not- thinking. But like, uh, especially now that I'm more connected with uh, with Americans and seeing that they're at like you know market days and bloody pride this pride that, I'm like. How are you guys at these events all the time? I don't, I don't get it. But it's most just, of us get two know. weeks off a year, like just two, yeah. at least paid. I mean, they're probably yeah. taking on. They can take unpaid time depending on generous their company is. But most In of us economy, only get two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. In this economy, I had to start an OnlyFans just to <laughs> exactly. Well, Sam, it was a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for taking the time. It was fun. Thank you for having me. Tree catching up, and I can't wait to see. I will see you on Atlantis again, and not not this year, but the year after. 2025. It's And then I'm going to go on an every other year cycle. Uh, Yeah, I say say that, but it's like, it depends if beef dip is good. Like, yeah, could be, could be. We're actually talking about... um, starting to just book like three Atlantis crews of the year and that'll be our getaway from now on and honestly I I think I'd be fine with that like I think that's like that's pretty fucking good <laughs> yeah I really want to do the European one at some point in my life yeah I agree I agree well you have a great rest of your day living in the future over there and I'll talk to you soon <laughs> <laughs>